Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. We'll also have it up here on the screen. As we talk about Father Abraham, this in essence is the beginning of his story in Scripture. Amen. This is really where, where his walk with God, his faith journey, his, his obedience to God takes shape and begins to form and takes off. Amen. So this is Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. And I want us to understand, I want us to leave today with a better understanding, with a better grasp, a better belief that we can trust Him, that we can trust God. Not in just some things, not in just every, a couple of things, but in all things. Amen. So we can trust Him. But this is what Scripture says. It says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, and I'm going to do my best throughout the sermon to use Abram because at this time he is Abram, but if I slip into Abraham, you know who I'm talking about. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land uh, to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh. And the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still towards the south. Amen. So that's what we're going to read this morning. We're going to hit a couple of different parts of that. But you know, oftentimes when we read this scripture, when we read about Abram and Abraham, and when we read about his story, we read about how this starts, we oftentimes focus on this blessing, right? It starts right here about verse 2. It says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We, we think about that blessing that God has spoken. This covenant that he begins to make with Abram and Abraham that he begins to establish. That's what we think about. But oftentimes we might just gloss over the first verse and we might gloss over some of the other stuff that's talked about here. But that's what we want to focus on today. Amen. I want to focus today on these couple of verses that kind of book in the scripture that we read today. That, that it will help us to remind us that we can trust him in all things. Amen. And we can trust him in all things. First, I want to talk about how God called Abraham, called him from the safe. He called him from a safe place, right? So let's read this scripture real quick again. So it says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. Safety is something we all aspire to have in our lives, in our homes, in our families. We build fine homes. We deck them out in, in the best security systems, or we get a dog, or we put fences up you know, around our, our horses and animals and things like that to protect them. And if you're a parent, you understand that with a kid, you, you put away the things that are dangerous for them. You, you put gates up and make ways that prohibit them from getting into things they, they shouldn't get into because we want to feel safe about some things. And those things are, are, are good and fine. But I want to challenge us today that in, in some ways, we become too safe in our walks with Christ, in our Christian faith walk, in our Christian faith journey, that we are, are too safe. And what do, I, what do I mean about us being 
too safe in certain things. I want, to, I want you to understand, look at what God called Abram to do. He called Abram, he said, get out of your country. He said, leave this land that you know of from your family and your father. Another translation says kindred, from these people that you know, from these people that you're close to, from all these things that are important to you, that you know, that you feel comfortable with, that you feel safe with, leave those behind. He calls him out of what felt safe. Out of what felt comfortable. Understand the context here. Abram had not long before this lost his father. They went and they traveled and they established a home in Haran and everything like that. And his father lived up to 207 years old, passed away. And then God speaks to Abram and he says, I want you to leave everything. And I want you to go to this land that I want to tell you about. I know all this other place feels safe. It feels comfortable. It's what you know. It's what you're familiar with. But I want you to leave it all behind. And we oftentimes are very satisfied with living safe Christian lives, right? That we come to church and we're safe, we're comfortable. But is that what we should aspire to, to be? The walk that we should aspire to have? Should we just aspire to be have a safe Christian life? Or should we aspire to more? As we look at Scripture, I see a trend in Scripture where God continuously calls people from a safe situation into a more bold and dangerous place, right? You look right here, Abram. He calls Abram out of what is safe and tells him to go to a land he does not know about, right? We go through Gideon was just a servant. He was doing fine. He was doing his thing. He was meek. He was a little uncomfortable. He was a little soft-spoken. He didn't have a lot going on. But the Bible says that God came to him and he said, I want you to lead my armies. And lead him with what? Lead him with a horn, right? Nehemiah had a pushy, uh, a cushy job, right? He was the, he was the, the wine drinker, the cup, cup bearer to the king, right, in the nation. And the Bible said that the Lord began to move in him. He heard that something was going on in his homeland, that bad things were going on, and the Lord compelled him to leave what he had and go into a dangerous situation, a far-off situation, a situation that wasn't as comfortable, wasn't as nice to do the work of God. Jonah had a great thing going, right? Had it going. Everybody respected him, loved him, looked to him, thought the highest of him because he was the prophet of God. And God told me, he said, I want you to go to Nineveh, a place that you're not comfortable with, a place that's kind of outside of your realm of influence, where people respect you very much, where people will do whatever that you ask them to. I want you to leave that place. I want you to go somewhere else. We see that Christ... In the Gospels, what does he do? He goes to each of the each of the disciples, and he says, "Come, follow me." Four of them were fishermen. They were fishing when he called them. They were doing something they knew that they were comfortable with, that they were safe with. And he said, "Leave that, leave that, and come, follow me." Scripture has this common thread in it of God taking people that are in safe, comfortable places and calling them out of that calling them out of that place where they feel like this is where I want to be, this is where it's good to be, uh, I'm comfortable here, everything's just working right, everything's the way it should be, the way I want it to be, I'm not going to move from this spot. And God says, but I want you to move. And we as Christians too often times settle in the, this comfort zone. Right, this comfort zone where we're where we, where we like things. We were joking earlier, right? Um, Donna wanted the temperature down. We joke because Brenda sometimes gets too cold and everything. Everybody has a comfort zone on their thermostat, right? Where it don't go above this and it don't go below that. Usually the dad always ticks it down a few because he's trying to save those pennies, and then somebody else tries to tick it up a few because they like it a little bit this way. And everybody has their little comfort zone that they want to stick in. We as Christians in our faith walk do the same exact thing. 
We establish a comfort zone, and it don't matter sometimes what the preacher preaches or what we read in Scripture or who's testifying or what shows up. We will not leave that comfort zone. Right? Harper, sometimes. It's so funny. She will get to a place, and we'll tell her to bring something, and she'll get so close, and she won't go any farther. Right? She'll lean, and she'll lay down on the ground, try to stretch out to give us something before she'll take another step. And that's us as Christians. God says, follow me. And we're like, but I'm right here. I can get this close. Right? I can get this close. But I ain't going to follow you any closer than that because it calls me out of my safe place. My comfort zone. The realm that I am comfortable with doing things. Anything within this box, I'll do it, Lord. Anything that falls within these few categories or in this area or in this realm of influence, I've, you've got it. You ask it, I'll do it. But you ask me to step outside of that, I just don't know if I can do that. Because it's not safe out here. It's not comfortable out here. But we as a society, have, and, and, and a church society, have put too much emphasis on being comfortable and being safe. Nowhere in Scripture does He say, and God will make you comfortable. Nowhere. Nowhere does He say, you will be comfortable as you walk with God. The Bible talks about a burden. The Bible talks about being grieved for those that are lost. The Bible talks about a weight that we will carry. The Bible talks about the things that we will face, the stoning blocks that we will come against. Nowhere does it say, follow me and I'll make life comfortable and safe for you. <coughs> In fact, the quite opposite is oftentimes what we face. We are called into at risky, dangerous, sometimes hard and difficult situations because he calls us from the safe and puts us in places that are hard. Look at Jesus as the example, right? The Bible says at one point he went and he sat with tax collectors and prostitutes and all these things. And the Sadducees and Pharisees, they came and talked to his disciples and said, Why does your master sit with these people? Why do they sit in this place that some of them probably thought was unsafe? These are unclean people. These are people that they could give you sicknesses, they give you diseases, they could tarnish your reputation, they could steal from you and hurt you. Why does your master sit in this unsafe, uncomfortable place? What does he tell me? He says, doctor doesn't come for those that are well. He, he comes for those that are, that are sick. And the reality is, most of the time, the ones that need Jesus aren't in your safe space. The ones that need the gospel talked to them and told to them, the ones that need the love of God shown to them, aren't in your comfort zone. Aren't in your little bubble and little square. Guess what? That means somebody's going to have to step out. And God calls us to be the ones that step out. He calls us out of that which is safe into that which is needful. And I pray that we follow that follow that example that we see from Abram here is that he sees that, hey, oh, this is safe, man. This is good stuff going on. We don't see anywhere where Abram is struggling at this point. What does it say a couple of verses ago? He said that they got all of his sheep and all of his cattle and all the things that he had and all his possessions. That sounds like he had a lot of luggage that he was taking with him. Abram was doing pretty good for himself and Harry. Things were going well. But God says, leave it. Leave this place where you're prospering, where things are going well, where you're safe, where you're happy, where you're comfortable, where you know what you're going to do in the morning, where you know who you're going to see, where you know what's going to happen, and follow me. Follow me. And I pray that that we can follow an example. This is not me calling for Christians to be reckless in their actions but that we should live boldly for Christ. One of my favorite quotes outside of Scripture 
is this. A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are, are built for. I love that, that quote. And all it's talking about is, yes, ships, they come into harbor. It's a good place for them to be. There's not, the storms aren't going to affect them as badly. There's not risk of other ships attacking them. It's, again, it's usually a safe place for ships and passengers to be. But ships aren't built just to sit and dock and float around there and look pretty. Ships are meant to travel, to send and take things to different places, take people to different places, to help people get from one place to another. We as Christians aren't meant just to sit in church and look like happy, happy, funny people, but we're supposed to be going to and fro, the Bible talks about, to go into the highways and the hedges and to compel them to come in. Sometimes those highways aren't safe. Sometimes those highways aren't comfortable. But that's where God calls us, out from the safe, and into where we can be useful to the work of God. Amen. We don't necessarily have to go looking for ways to be bold. But many times, it's as simple as as trusting God and choosing obedience over safety. Amen. Have you ever viewed it in that light? Sometimes we just view it as doing what I want to and doing what God wants to. But many times, it's it, down to being obedient to God or doing what we're safe and comfortable with. And God calls us to do sometimes what we're not comfortable with. One of our our core values as a church is to live boldly. We get that from Philippians 1 verse 20. This is Paul talking. He says, According to my earnest expectations and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. What that tells me. Paul set out to live a bold life for God. Whether life or death came after him, he would live boldly for the cause of Christ. So should we, too, live boldly. But sometimes when we're called out of safe places, we enter into uncertainty. Amen? I'm not a big fan of uncertainty. Uh, we are we're changing the... We're doing some stuff in the bathroom. We're going to change the... Uh, the toilet. And I've never changed the toilet. I've watched some people do it, um, but I've never changed one myself. And Tara told me, she said, I think if you just went in there and tried it, took it apart and watched what you were doing, you could figure out how to put another one back on. And that for me is very off-putting because I'm like, that. there's a lot of uncertainty in what's going on there, right? What if I miss something? What if I, I don't think about something? What if I do something wrong and the next time we flush the commode, water just goes everywhere, right? There's a lot of uncertainty in that and I'm uncomfortable because I want to sit there and I want to watch hours of YouTube videos on how to change a toilet and I don't want to watch different opinions if they want to talk, uh, read different opinions on what's important to people about changing a toilet, what they think is the most important thing and yada, yada, yada. I like to be prepared. So going into uncertainty is something that I have a, a difficult time with doing, right? But uncertainty is what God called Abram into. Because this is what he says. He says, once you leave all this to a land that I will show you. You notice there's not an address there. It doesn't say that he gave him a pamphlet on Canaan and what's available there. It doesn't say that he told him to go this way and turn this way. And then when you get this way, hook a left and travel a couple more miles. No, he just says, I'll show you. When you get there, I'll show you. That's uncertainty. He's saying, all right, not only do I want you to leave everything that you're safe with, but I want you to step into an area that you know nothing about and follow me into uncertainty. Yeah, bless you, Lord. We read that. We just gloss through that so many times. 
But think about our reaction to that. I'd I, I be mean like, you know, we read all this, and then he actually gets into the blessing, and I'd be like, okay, Lord, that blessing's good, but let's go back just a minute. Where was it you said you want me to go? Did you say Jellico? Or, or did, you, did, did you say Johnson City? Or you, you, You're just going to show me. Anything. Just, just, okay. We would be bum-fuzzled. We would not know what to do. We would not know how to take it because we like certain things. We like to be certain about what's going on, what's happening, what's coming in the next day. We make plans, we make ideas, we, we get things going on. And so uncertainty, when it comes, we buck at it. But here we have Abram. And God says, I'll just show you. I'll just show you when the time gets there. You just follow me. When I say go left, you go left. When I say go right, you go right and everything. And we'll get there when you're supposed to get there. And that's just mind-boggling to me. But here we see Abram living this out. Trusting God enough to say, okay, I'll leave what it is that I feel safe with. And I'll step into this uncertain place trusting that when I get to where I need to be, you'll tell me. When I'm going in the right direction, you'll tell me. You'll reveal these things to me. You will help me get there. So it's not the uncertainty of, oh, where's my spouse or whatever it is going to take me for date night. Or if we look at Tupperware in the refrigerator and say, well, that's been in there for a couple of days. I wonder if it's still good. Not that type of uncertainty. This is uncertainty on a grand and spectacular scale. And Abram just, Bible, the next verse it says, and Abram left. And Abram left. Abram went. Abram did what God had told him to do. Walked right into uncertainty and trusted God in that place. When I think of uncertainty, I think of Peter. I was says at one point that the disciples were out on the Sea of Galilee and, and Jesus went to the mountain and he said, I need to go pray. And he went up to the mountain to pray and they went out on the, the Sea of Galilee and the Bible says a great storm came by to the point where they, they were pretty fearful to say the least, right? They, they were scared. The Bible says they began to see an image what they thought was like a phantom out in the distance. That just scared them even more. And then one of them said, wait, I, I think that might be Jesus. And Peter calls out and says, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come out unto you. He says, come. And in that moment, Peter, even though there was a storm going on, was standing in a safer place than what God was calling him out into. Nobody that they had ever known had walked on water. They, they, these were fishermen. They had seen boats capsize. They had seen men drown. They had seen friends lose their life by falling out or going out in a storm and never coming home and having to tell their wives and having to tell their children they didn't come back. They had seen awful things. The uncertainty of stepping out, it wasn't even uncertainty. They were certain of what would happen when you would step out. That death was what was waiting for you. So to have somebody call you out, to see Jesus standing out there and say, Come on, that's uncertainty. But Peter goes, and the Bible says he he steps out of the boat. And then he began to walk above the water. As long as he kept his eyes on Christ, then he was all right. The Bible says that at one point the waves began to get so big that he his, he was distracted ultimately, and he, he fell, cried out for God to save me. And the Lord came and lifted him up and took him back to the boat. But I, I like to think about now, what Peter had to do was every step of the way, he had to remind himself, I trust him. I trust him. He has showed me time and time again what he is capable of. I trust him. This is uncertain. I've never been in waters like this. I've never been in a place like this. I've never been on a path like this. I've not done this before. It's uncertain. It's scary. It's new. It's unfamiliar. But I trust him 
each and every step of the way. I trust him. I trust him. I trust him. And even though we don't have an itinerary of what happened daily as Abram began to travel from Haran down into Canaan land, I I can imagine that every day wasn't perfect. I can imagine that every day wasn't great. I can imagine that every day wasn't just sunshine and everything was just fine and dandy. There were days that are bad. There were days that were rough. When it rained, when it stormed, when things... If you look at the map, they, began, they went through desert places. They went through places that were, that were surrounded by enemies and people, that mar- marauders and bandits that would go through. And every day, every day he had to get up and remind himself, I trust him. I trust him that I have faith in him that he knows what he's doing. I have faith that he is leading me to a place that I need to be. I have faith that he is taking me somewhere, that he's not going to leave me here, that he's not going to forsake me here. I believe, I trust him, and I want to take each and every day and each and every step with that confidence, with that belief, with that understanding that he is there, that he is leading me, and that I can trust him. Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 11, it says that Abram's faith, was counted unto him as righteousness. What does that mean? That means Abram had so much faith in God that he had a relationship with God that nobody else at that time had experienced because of the faith that he had in what God had told him to. It was the faith that that, that made him leave what was saved, and it was the faith that guided him through the uncertainty, and it was that faith that gave him that righteousness and that relationship with God. Even when they went into the uncertainty... Of what was ahead, right? We never get any indication that Abram sent scouts ahead to Canaan. We never get any inclination that that he had a big book of information about this land that God had told him to go to. It wasn't like they had encyclopedias. They didn't have Google. He didn't. He couldn't go on TripAdvisor or anything like that. He just knew there's somewhere out there that I'm supposed to be, and it's not here. And I want to follow him, and I want to trust him, and I want to be obedient. To him. What is it? What areas of uncertainty are you facing in life right now? What uncertainty just shakes you when you wake up in the morning? What uncertainty bothers you when you lay down at night and keeps you awake? What uncertainty makes you kind of sweat and just fearful and you just go through your day-to-day life? What uncertainty is there right now that you're just struggling with and wrestling with that you don't seem to be able to get past? I want you to understand. I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt. I want you to just grasp this. That whatever uncertainty that you are facing right now, whatever it is that you are going through, maybe God has called you out of a safe place and you're doing new things and you're doing unfamiliar things and things just are scary right now. I want you to know God is there with you and you can trust Him. That He's not left you. He's not forsaken you. Scripture tells us He'll go with us all the way, even to the ends of the earth. So whatever uncertainty may abound right now in your life, trust God today and tomorrow and every day from henceforth because He is worthy of our trust and our faith. Amen. We may not always see it. We may not always understand it. And it may sometimes be a foreign idea. It might seem crazy to trust God in what we're walking through right now. It might seem peculiar when people say, well, what's going on in your life? And you tell them, and you're like, how are you getting through the day to day? I'm just trusting God right now. But that should be the, the way we approach life. The way we look at things is, I trust Him. I don't know what's going on, but I trust Him. I don't know what I'll face tomorrow, but I trust Him. I don't know what I want to go through next week, but I trust Him. Abram did not know from day to day what was going to happen to him and his family, 
But he said, I'm just going to trust him. I have faith in him. I believe in him that he is leading me somewhere and that he will not leave me nor forsake me. But I want us to notice something. I, love, I don't know if I've ever noticed this about this scripture. I want us to notice what happened while he was passing through. Man, let's read these, these last few verses of the scripture again. So it says that, you know, let's just rehash. God goes and he says, Hey, I want you to leave country and family and your father's house. And I want you to go to a place I want to show you. He gives him the blessing. And then this is what we get to. It says he left. It says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Now, before we read that last bit, a lot of times we'd like to think that what the Scripture should say next is that Abram found rest. Oh, he's arrived. He builds an altar, he worships God, and Abram found rest. Or that Abram got to this place and Abram built a home. That's what it says. It says, so Abram journeyed, going on still, toward the south. And I just, I don't know if I've ever, I've just, it's just, I just got hung up on that this this, this week as I began to study and, and pray and everything with this scripture. And, and I, I began to realize that what Abram was doing is a radical thing that we in the church today fail to do on a consistent basis. I want you to understand something. Abram had not arrived. Abram had not got to the place that God wanted him to. Abram's journey was not over. Abram still had a ways to go. It said, so he, Abram journeyed going still towards the south. He continues to move. He is passing through this land. His travels continue. But there's something that Abram is doing in the meantime. What is that? We see it twice in the scripture. At two different places he stops and he builds an altar. An altar all throughout Christian religion and through all the Torah, Old Testament, New Testament, everything. An altar is a place of sacrifice and of worship. Now understand what I'm saying. Tune in, because this, this is what God wants us to understand. You may not have arrived yet. You may still be in an uncertain place. You may not have anything that feels safe or comfortable about your life right now. You have still a reason to set up shop, build an altar, and worship the Lord our God. Amen. You still, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's going on, there is reason to worship Him. Abram hadn't arrived. The uncertainty hadn't been clarified. He still had a lot of things going on. He didn't know where he was going to build his house. He didn't know where he was going to set up. Where's this child that he talks about that we're going to have? Sarah and I are getting older and older by the day. I don't know what's going to happen. What does he mean? I will give it to them. Why doesn't he say he's giving it to me right now? What's happening? What's going on? But I'm still going to build an altar. And I'm still going to worship the Lord. Amen. And I'm still going to praise Him. He's got me this far. I might not be there yet, but He's got me this far. I might not be there tomorrow, but He's got me this far. A lot of times in our Christian faith, we wait till it happens to worship Him. We wait till something has been fulfilled to worship Him. We wait till everything is hunky-dory and fine and dandy, and our family's good, and our health is good, and our finances are good, our car's good, our house is good, everything's good, before we even utter an inclination of praise. And Abraham says, I don't have to wait to get there to praise you. 
Because I have enough faith knowing that you're going to get me there. Amen. To praise you while I'm passing through. Amen. Praise Him while you're passing through. Peter says one place, he says, we are a pilgrim and a stranger. What's that mean? We're just passing through. Amen. So while we're passing through, let's give Him the worship and the praise that He's deserving of. If He's saved you, if He's got you this far, have enough faith and trust in Him that He's going to get you to the next thing, that He's going to get you to the next place, to the next stop, to the next day, to the next thing that you're going to face. He's going to get you there, and I can worship Him in the meantime. I don't have to wait till the mountaintop. I don't have to wait till the feast. I don't have to wait till everything's adorned in front of me and good and fine and dandy. I can worship Him while I'm passing through. Amen? Even while passing through this foreign land, clouded by all the uncertainty that was going through his life, far from a place that he felt safe and felt comfortable, where he knew the people around him, where he knew the faces, where he had friends, where he had comfort, where he had all these things that made him feel safe, he found time and found a place to worship the Lord. Do we have that same approach? Yes, Lord. I know for me a lot of times if I'm in a certain place or things aren't working out great sometimes, my first inclination isn't to worship Him. But what Scripture prioritizes telling us is that Abram went from place to place, continued to journey south, and whenever he got a chance, he stopped at these places, he built an altar, and he worshipped. You don't build an altar just to build an altar and leave it there. He built an altar to worship the Lord. We too must find time to worship the Lord even while we're passing through. You might come in on Sunday mornings, man, and we've all been here, and things are rough in your marriage, things are rough in your home, things are rough at your work, things are rough with everything that you own. It's broken down and falling apart. Finances aren't looking good. You may come in and you have bad health issues, and there's a lot of uncertainty around you because of family issues or because of whatever it may be, and you're just like, I don't know if I can worship Him today. Look at Abram. Even amongst the uncertainty, find a reason, find a time, find a place to worship Him. Because He's worthy of our worship. Abram was saying, I don't have to be there. And you don't have to give this to me. You say you're going to give it to my descendants. That's great. I don't have to know where I'm going to spend the rest of my life. I don't have to know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. I don't know where I don't have to know what we're going to do tomorrow or what's going to happen the next couple of weeks to worship you. We get caught up in this momentary thing of what's going on right now too often and let that determine our level and desire to worship when it shouldn't. Worship is purely crying out to God because of who God is and that we believe him, have faith in him and trust him. We title this sermon that we can trust Him. Man, He might call us out of safe places into uncertain places. He might call us away from the things we're comfortable with and the things that are unfamiliar. But I want us to understand that while we're passing through to wherever it is that God's leading us, while we're getting from here to there, in the meantime, in the middle places, and things that's not going on, and things that it seems like it's just down and nothing's happening and it just seems like there's nothing flashy or nothing fine or nothing exciting going on. God's not working any kind of miracle lately in our life and it feels like nothing powerful's happening. We just don't feel really moved and emotional or anything like that. You can still worship God. Man, you don't have to even feel good 
to worship God. The Bible says that Paul was in prison. Paul and Silas, the Bible says, was in prison. They were chained. The Bible says the midnight hour came and they began to sing songs of praise, right? And their faith and trust in who God was. They weren't even crying out for God to release them. It wasn't even like it was prayers of, of, of saving them from the situation. They were just worshiping God for what was he who He was. I'm like, we're just here right now. And whatever happens, happens. But we're going to worship God for what He's already done in our life and for who He is. We too, no matter what you come into church this morning feeling like, no matter what you spend your week feeling like, no matter what you're facing today, tomorrow, the next day, worship Him. Have enough trust in who He is. Not in who you want Him to be or anything like that or what you think want Him to do for you, but in who He is. Trust Him. Worship Him. And give Him praise that He is deserving of. Amen. We see that in Abram's life. We see him go and leave what is safe and leave what is comfortable and walk hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles to get to a place that was uncertain, that was unfamiliar. They didn't know what came next. And we'll see more about what he faced coming up. Abram wasn't a perfect man. We'll get to that rather quickly. He had faults, he had failures, he had mistakes. However, he had faith in God. And he trusted him to be there no matter what it is that he was facing. And I want you two to know, no matter what it is you're facing, you can trust God. Put your life in his hands. Put your family, put your career, put your possessions, put your finances, put your health, put whatever it may be, your children, your grandchildren, this situation and that situation, this one that keeps you up at night, and this one that wakes you up early in the morning, this, that, and the other. Put it in his hands. Say, I trust you, Lord. And then just stand back and worship Him. Because you know it's in good hands. You know it's in good hands. Amen. That's the sermon. That's what God has laid on our heart this morning. And, and I pray that you look at your life. And, and we all go through seasons uh, of uncertainty. We all get in places where God calls us into something that we just don't feel comfortable with. That we just don't feel safe. It's not in our little square. Right? And we just don't want to get out of our little square. But God wants us to get out of our little squares. Because like I said, the people that need it, the people that need to hear the gospel, the people that need the love of God more than anybody, the people that are lost and dying and, 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 and looking at, a, at her digging in hell in the lake of fire, right? They're not in our little boxes usually because we like to keep to ourselves. That's the society we live in now. It just gives more insular and more insular and more insular. Step out of your box. Step out of your safe place and go and talk to people. Go and let them know that Jesus loves them. Do that's what's is uncomfortable because that's what God has called us to do. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. Amen. So call, come out of the safe places. Go into the uncertain places. Trust God through all that. And even though the prayers might not be answered yet, even though you might not have arrived yet, even though things might not have all fallen into place like you hoped and prayed they would 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, and you're still waiting for them to fall in place, find a place. Build an altar. Make time. Worship God. Amen. Trust Him enough to worship Him no matter what happens. Amen. If you need the if you have a